0: What is up and hello everybody, we're back at it again, Monday Manna episode 17, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube and drop a follow if you are on Spotify, that'd be greatly appreciated, share it with your friends, share the good news, Right? share the good study and with that being said, let's get straight into it, Monday Manna chapter 17, not chapter 17, 17 chapter 7 and if you want uh, some more context, go ahead and watch the previous Monday Manna, Monday Manna 16, we uh, read through 6. But essentially, what was going on in six is that um, it talked about the wickedness going on in the earth, and why um, God said to Noah, "Hey, I'm gonna have a flood, this big flood, and you're gonna need to make this ark to save you and your household because you're like the only righteous man on earth." And then uh, at the very end, Noah makes uh, the ark, and then we see that this is when is. Like this heading says, right, to the flood. This is the what happens and a little bit of the preamble before it and the actual flood itself. So, that being said, let's get straight into it. So, chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Now, um, you know, I think I already talked about it in kind of the previous Monday, Manna, but... Um, we can see that literally God obviously is saying that go into the ark come into the ark um, and um, again it's this kind of analogy how we see Christ is our ultimate ark right the thing that is going to save us from the wrath of God God's just wrath for us because we're sinners. He's saying, Come into me, hey, come into the ark, and you'll be saved from these from these waters, right? Again, this is an analogy. He actually is just here saying literally come into the ark. But I'd love to throughout Genesis and reading the Noah story. It's a great analogy that you can give um, to show what Christ. It's a shadow, right? A shadow of the things to come, of course. Um, but That ark, right, is the thing saving them from the wrath of God. Because it was the wrath. The flood is the wrath of God coming down on mankind because they're super wicked, right? They're wicked continually. We actually see in chapter 6 beforehand that he literally said the thoughts of man were only continually wicked. Like, look, let me... um, Yeah, were evil continually. So the thoughts of man were just wicked, evil people, and... Now the just wrath of God is coming down, and, and what is saving them, the ark, right? And we can see that as a picture of what is to come, which ultimately is Christ. Christ is, I me mean, know, uh, is our ark, right? I don't want to stretch that too thin, but he's, he's our Savior. He's the one that saves us and took the wrath of God um, and died on the cross for our sins. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, and we see, you know, what is the thing that is making Noah righteous in this... Um, Verse. So what is the thing that makes him righteous? Well, the thing that makes him righteous is his faith and trust in God. Right? This is the thing that we see ultimately, New and Old Testament. The thing that is essential in our walk with Christ and our walk with God is faith. Noah is putting faith in God, he believes in God. And he is counted righteous, right? We actually see um, uh, here in Romans, let's move over to that, Romans uh, 4, 1 through 4. So here, Romans 4, 1 through 4, we see that, um, what shall we say uh, what Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, who to works the wages are counted as grace, but as debt—not as grace, but as debt. Right? Because when we work, it's a debt to somebody else, and that's why ultimately our works um, never are going to save us. Our works are never going to think are never going to be truly the thing that makes us righteous. Because he even said, Paul even says later on you know, our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags to the Lord. And I bring up this point because some people kind of look at the New Testament kind of differently and say, okay, well, Old Testament was law New Testament is right, grace. And, that, and, and that's true in a sense, I will say. There, there was the law. The law was definitely there and God definitely called for specific things. Hey, do these things because Christ wasn't there. Absolutely. So I'm not going to say that, right? There, there was the law. But What was the thing that ultimately the law was supposed to show and what God wanted from the people? It was faith. He wanted faith. He wanted them to trust and have their faith in Christ to believe him as the one and true God. Because the biggest thing back in the day was idolatry. He wanted them to have him as their God and their only God. And that would be accounted to them as righteous. Again, there was laws, so there was things, right? So I'm not going to say it wasn't absolutely. But the thing ultimately that you see that um, we have is we are given righteousness when we have faith in God and believe in God. That's the thing that ultimately we see. Uh, throughout the text and especially back in the day right abraham in the same way no right here he's he's counted to righteous because he's doing the thing that god has called him to do and he's putting in his faith in god he's trusting in god he's the he's the only god uh, he knows that he's the only god right one and true uh yahweh right so i uh, wanted to bring up at that point so let's get into verse two you shall take with you seven each of every clean animal a male and his female two of each to each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. So, this is the interesting because when you kind of first read through Genesis and, and the flood accounts, you almost think it's like, okay, well, everybody knows the flood accounts, right? It's just two and two, male and female, bada bing, bada boom. That's it. Well, actually, it's kind of a little tricky. Um, we see that it gets specific. Um, and the the numbering, and I can bring up a couple points, but that will, but let's keep going. Also, seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth. For after seven days, I will uh, cause it to rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. So he's just saying bring uh, male and female that way because those are the only genders, those are only, the only sexes. That way, when they come in the ark, they can repopulate. Now again the interesting thing is what is this seven of each? Typically you hear two and two, but even of the birds it's seven. Now I have a couple things that I'd um, like to bring up. So what first off, I think the good thing to explain in this is take seven of each a set you take with you seven each of every clean animal. What is a clean animal? Well, let's actually look at that. It's in Leviticus. We can just duplicate this screen right here. Leviticus if y'all turn with me Uh, Leviticus 11, I should put Levi right if you're in blue-letter Bible. Levi 11, it's 1 through 23. So these are the clean and unclean animals that they're talking about. And this is actually, but here's the interesting thing. This, if you just know the chronology of the Bible, it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So this is far after Noah was even I mean Noah is far dead by this point. Um I bring this up and we can read this essentially what it is is these are the clean animals that God tells them. Among the animals whatever divides the hoof having cloven hooves and chewing the cud that you may eat. So that's a clean animal. I.E. What is a cloven hoof? What well, divides the hoof, think of a cow. A cow has a cloven hoof, but it's divided, has two pieces, and chews the cud. A cud is basically like a cow. Cows have multiple stomachs, so when they eat, they can actually, it's kind of gross, but kind of regurgitate some of the food and chew it some more. So that is a clean animal. Um, So they're basically, if it doesn't have these three aspects to it, cloven hooves, and divides the hoof, and chews the cud, then it's unclean you can see and then it goes through kind of all of it says hey if, if it has cloven hooves and divides it but doesn't chew the cud can't do it basically goes through all of it um you can see the raw cracks because it chews the cud but it does not have cloven hooves it is unclean to you basically it goes through everything and says it, unless it has these three criteria i.e. cloven hooves dividing the hoof and choose the cud it is unclean to you so I want to bring that up because this is what we know. We know, okay, this is what clean animals is and what they are. So an unclean animal is, again, just anything that is, you know, like a dog would be an unclean animal. A cat. a um, uh, Another reason, actually, why dogs were unclean animals is because they eat dead things, right? They didn't like those. Um, but a lot of animals, i.e. a horse. A horse is uh, an unclean animal. I'm pretty sure because it doesn't eat the cud. Maybe, yeah, I don't think it, they have a cud. Um, but again, you could just look at any animal. Hey, does it have these three things, clove and hooves? If it divides the hooves, i.e. it's two pieces, not just one, which with, um, a horse, right? It's not divided, right? It's kind of a cloven hoof, but it's not divided. That's what would make it unclean. Um, very specific and odd, but, um, these are the criteria that God is giving. But again, I do have to bring up this point. This is way after Noah. The the Leviticus text is way, way after Noah, so it seems to be that Noah is actually getting I would presume directly from God what is a clean and unclean animal because again, this is this is in Moses' time. You can even see. It says now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, again far after Noah. So the Lord himself tells, Hey, these are the clean animals, these are unclean animals, get seven of the clean animals. And get two of the unclean, so he looks to be getting seven of each of the unclean animal, which means it's an interesting thing. This is why I want to bring up two points of this: is that seven, while you can read this to two interpretations, because the seven seven is an uneven number, so it couldn't be. You know, if it was six, it could be three females, three males, right? That could make sense. It could be so they have a pair. They have a mate. Um But it's seven. Uh so we can have two interpretations of that. We we could look at that seven as just saying, Okay, I want you to take a complete amount, which we know the uh the number seven to be a number of a sign of completion, right? Because in six days God created the earth, on the seventh he rested, right? So it's this it's this number of completion, and oftentimes they can use that kind of as um symbology. to so just saying, hey, Noah, take a complete amount of clean animals. Or it could literally mean, hey, take seven of each, and again, there's going to be an oddball. So there's either going to be three females, four males, or vice versa. Versi-vicey. But more likely, I'd probably go with just it being a complete number, but it wouldn't make sense because if you do have something like a cow, you could just get six females and one bull, and that bull could repopulate easily, uh, a, um, a cow, a cow population. Um, so that, that could make sense. And that's actually what ranchers do, right? You, and when you ranch, you have a lot more females than males because a male, um, you just, it only takes a couple of them and then you can repopulate that species of sheep, whatever goat. So, um, that seems to be the case. Now, again, Typically we we'd always think, you know, I'd always hear as a kid, hey, oh, it's just it's male and female, two and two, but it actually looks to be a little bit more different from uh, than that. Um again that seven could just mean a complete amount, whether it be two or whatever, or just mean literally seven. Um I say this because um it is just we see this number, it's that complete number, but again, uh I think uh coming from always thinking, Oh, it's two animals, how is it seven here? Um, it's kind of, uh, it's one of those things where you just think, oh, I thought it was a male and female. Well, it actually looks to be more than that, which, I mean, again, makes sense. Uh, and another thing is, too, with the clean animals, the clean animals would be the ones that you could sacrifice. So, i.e., you, you wouldn't sacrifice, sacrifice an unclean animal. So, um, they could be taking more because during these, we're going to see, 40 days that we just uh, read, uh, Noah could be giving sacrifices while maintaining a large amount of those clean animals. That can make sense, right? If you have 7 bowls, hey, you know, you could sacrifice one of them throughout the 40 days or a couple, you know, or two of them and you'd still have a couple more left. Makes sense. Um again, or it could just be kind of um uh, not a specific number, just God saying, "Hey, bring a complete amount." Um but moving forward, um the male and is female, two of each. So again, they do emphasize the point of saying a male and is female, um, so that they can repopulate. Of course, right? You're not just going to bring a bunch of males, you're not just going to bring a bunch of females, because if you do that, you're not going to be able to repopulate those animals. And moving forward, we see uh, of the unclean animals, two each, two each of the animals that are unclean, the male and is female. And again, this is seems to just be two, two and two, male and female. Um, And I think for the reason I just stated to you, it makes more sense if they're unclean, that he's not going to sacrifice them. He's not probably – because with a clean animal, you don't just – it's not just that they're clean uh, in terms of the criteria that God gives. You actually kind of take care of them. They're kind of almost – you know a lot of the times back in the day, they would actually have their animals sort of living in their house. It would be kind of like – it was like an open barn, and they would kind of live on the top not the animals you would but the animals would live down below so it's kind of real personal so you'd take real care real good care of them because when you want to sacrifice them you'd want it to be like the best the best of the best you know you would want your spotless one because you know you're sacrificing it to God so the clean ones make sense just have male and female just enough so that they can repopulate and ie if it's just two dogs repopulate the dog population and continuing verse three we say, Also seven in each of the birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth. So it kind of uh, emphasizes the point, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth for all the animals. Um, And again, could it be seven birds? Perhaps. Um, Is it more likely just a a complete, hey, just bring a complete amount of birds? Because there's no kind of... You can give... um, bird offerings but there actually are we can even see in the leviticus again there is a lot of birds that are unclean so but in this it actually doesn't specify which one they're talking about just says birds so it doesn't distinguish between clean and unclean birds because we actually see in here a lot of basically like every type of owl and every type of eagle and vulture they're all unclean moreover ravens are actually an unclean bird the reason I bring this up is because um, in the past one he, he kind of di- differentiated and God is between, uh, he's differentiating and between the clean and unclean animals. But with the birds he just says, hey, get seven of all of them. So uh, yeah, it looks to be God just wanted seven or a complete amount of all species clean and unclean because, again, we see if you're just reading this, basically all owls all falcons all eagles buzzards they're they're unclean and um they would differentiate that um so um in any case let's get back to it so um genesis 7 4 for after seven days i will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights and i will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that i've made so Reemphasizing re this point, he's going to cause a great flood 40 days and 40 nights, you know, so that's like, you would start on the 40th day, and then you would have, like, so if you started on day one, 40 days, and then you have 40 nights that you go to sleep, and then you wake up on the next day, and then that would be when it was over. So he's really giving, we can see this whole thing that God's giving him very specific instructions, um, and very, he's giving him a timeline, right? Forty days, forty nights. This is going to be how long uh, I'm going to cause it to rain. But here's something. Um, so what's going to happen is that after seven days, then he's going to cause it to rain for forty days and forty, day, uh, 40 days and forty nights. But they're they're going to be in the ark a lot longer than just forty days and forty nights. Um, we actually see that um they're in there for a while because after it rates for 40 days and 40 nights that's just when all the water is but um more time passes after that for the water to actually um uh, for because god it later says god causes a great um wind to come so for the waters to settle down um they are in the ark for more than 40 days and 40 nights but this is an allusion to christ right In the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights, going through trials. It's this shadow, again, of Christ how when Christ was in, we see in the New Testament, when Christ was in the forest, he was tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. Again, this is that shadow showing of uh, the suffering that Christ is going to go through for us because we are sinners and we need him. So with that being said, guys, hopefully you you all enjoy monday manna uh, we're gonna leave it off out there at verse four and um i can hopefully enjoy this um, be blessed by it and um you know let's just remember that it's it's all about our righteousness as christians is nothing more than us just putting our faith and trust in jesus christ to have Yahweh, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, right? Your God, that is the thing that gives us righteousness, right? It's not our works. It's not the, the good things we do. Because, again, even the good things we do is nothing but filthy rags because our righteousness is when we uh, put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and he clothes us with his righteousness. So let's all just remember that this day and hopefully you have a blessed time and a blessed Thanksgiving I shall see y'all at Wednesday Clips this Wednesday. So have a good Thanksgiving. Trust in the Lord and put your faith in him. And as always, think about yourself a whole lot less. and Think about God a whole lot more. Y'all take it easy.